0: Yeah, the kingmakers have been deciding who would be our president for quite some time. And Phyllis Shafley knew this and she pointed it out in her book. And she's she's made a career out of uh, out of, um, I guess, a political stance of um, of um, of honor and uh, self uh, self, a uh, self success. Uh, she. I don't know really how to say it because she really was a a, a standout individual. Laura, um, I've got one, another call right now. Would you like to stay on and 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 speak no, with our next caller? Okay. Why don't you do that? Let's see here. Uh, we've got uh, James in Vancouver. James, are you on board with us?
1: Yes, yeah, sir. I'm here.
0: Um. <laughs> I'm
1: interested in the book. Uh, it's called A Choice, Not an Echo. Is that the name of the book?
0: That's it. A Choice, Not an Echo. It was originally published <clears throat> in uh, the early spring of 1964, and I think it printed uh, three issues before the election in 1964.
1: Right. I remember that election in 1964. And, uh I was actually was down a, in the States that, listening.
0: That, that was the first election that I ever really got involved in. I was a young Republican.
1: Yeah, I was around for the Kennedy uh, election as well. Uh, but uh, they painted uh, Barry Goldwater to be a, a nut, uh, to be uh, somebody uh, who was going to uh, start uh, firing off bombs and what have you. This is how they... They uh, got the people. And, of course, LBJ came out with a halo over his head and said, I am not for war, like that other guy, you see. and uh, But uh, she also wrote books with a fellow by the name of Chester Ward, who was a re- admiral, retired. Uh, you know anything about those books? Uh, no, tell us. <clears throat> well uh the other uh the other books she wrote she wrote a couple um as a very interesting title the Gravediggers. diggers now i have not read her work uh but i've only known about her by reputation actually uh i just uh i just uh found out about her a couple years ago the
0: grave diggers no
1: What's yeah. that about? Well, uh, well, I believe it would probably be the same thing. You see, in order to be a president, uh, as you well know, you've got to have sugar daddies to uh, support you. <laughs> For example, uh, uh, what was his name? Uh, Eisenhower. I think he was the uh, sweetheart of Bernard Baruch. And uh, Winston Churchill was the sweetheart of uh, the Lindemann family, Lord Chernwell, you see. And these are the people <clears throat> that are are in the shadows, and they're the puppet masters. so this is what we're up against
0: well, in nineteen fifty two uh when eisenhower came uh came yeah. up uh the the real favorite was uh taft and yeah, taft had said right, taft had said things that pissed off the people uh the, the kingmakers the the news printers the people who were in control of things and uh, evidently they 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 had a a campaign against Taft that was uh, I like Taft but he can't win that was the slogan right. that the people at the, at the convention had i like Taft yeah. but he can't win and so you yeah. know we've heard that before with uh, Ron Paul, remember that? I like Ron yeah. Paul, but he can't win. And all no, he's yeah. gonna do is take so this this convention that uh, this thing's been going on, Phyllis brought it up. Phyllis right. said this about the, the way the, the the elections were controlled. They select who we get to see. And and now I think even more so they select who actually uh gets put in position, whether not really right. contingent on who votes for them. Um, and a lot of this goes back to the Monroe
1: Doctrine of 1823, right, where uh, the United States decided that they were going to be the uh, the um, the uh, managers, keepers of the rest of the Americas, you see. Because, of course, uh, <clears throat> for financial purposes, uh, Cuba, all these islands are producing things, and uh, the American uh, trading companies are buying them. And... Um, this is how it, 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 and then it became a global thing. So,
0: uh, well, there's always World been War an one. issue, like, mm-hmm. uh, like Ukraine. Yeah. Now yeah. Ukraine's an issue. Ukraine's an well, issue. Yeah. Laura, that's, uh, that's, did, yeah. did you know anything about that book that uh, that James is talking about?
2: Gravediggers, Diggers? No.
1: no. Right.
2: Huh. I'm I'm gonna that. Into she wrote
0: one about
1: Kissinger. She wrote one about Kissinger, too. I think that will be a very interesting book to read. On the Couch with Kissinger.
0: Oh, on um, the Couch. Another My, book I'll, I'll everybody me... might
2: be interested in, Uh Joan Vion. Do you know her? V-E-O-N. She used to go all the Davos of uh, meetings with the, those guys. Okay. And anyway, yeah. she wrote a book in 1997, uh Prince Charles, the Sustainable Prince. <laughs> I'll give you an idea about who King Charles is going to be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. You're, well, you're kidding you know, us, aren't you? Aren't you Laura? That's a gotta, joke, right? Oh, it's, it's sustainable.
1: not. Oh god. a joke. You know, it's, you know uh, don't you find it interesting that the queen conveniently died up in Belmoral, right? And oh, that what? way she could be brought back down to London. Isn't that don't you if she was in bad health, you'd think she'd be in London at the doctor's there, not up at Belmoral?
0: I don't know. If I had billions and billions of dollars, I could probably figure <laughs> out a way to travel. And to be honest, I've not followed all of that because I, right. I, I, I'm not really, I don't worship these people. I believe, and I've been criticized for saying how I feel about it. But I think yeah. that monarchies are usurpers, man. They, and they're, they're, they're usurpers and their ancestors were usurpers. So I don't, I don't think they do any good. They're, they're kind of like uh, some of these oligarchs that we have now in our country you know the Bill oh, yeah. Gates the uh, Zuckerbergs these people are usurpers right now they're taking from our our uh, country uh, last week yeah. uh, P- Chris and I were talking about uh, in uh, the uh, in involving government and the extractive government and our government now is an extractive government they're busy taking from us they're not they're not involving us or are helping us develop at all? I don't think. I think they're taking as much as they can, and I think that they're laundering the cash through Ukraine and the pharmaceutical companies and their buddies. And I think that we have a, a group of gangsters that are running this country, if not the whole world. A lot of people suggest it's the Jews, and I've and I've, I've I say you have to you have to not use that <laughs> word because. Well for one thing definitely
2: in, an occupied country. We're Zionist occupied country.
0: Now Zionist is another word, but too many people are saying the Jews do this, the Jews do that. In the Bible, Jesus said these are these are people that say they're Jews that are not. And a lot of people think that they're uh Kazarians. I don't know if you've heard that story from Cliff I have you? Have you, James? <laughs> About the Mafia? yeah well
1: I, I my family comes from that part of the world that's my father's oh my side. god my I mother's side my my mother's said, wait, hang on now my <laughs> mother's uh my mother's side is pure scottish american um uh, my grandfather was born in Nebraska in eighteen seventy eight is scottish uh scottish uh american they're in America by eighteen twenty My father's family came to Ellis Island in 1920. They had to stay there for three months because my aunt had been sick. So I come from two uh, very large uh, different cultures. So uh, anything's okay. You can say anything you want. It's all right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) the fun of the whole situation. I mean, if you can't laugh at what's going on around this world right oh, yeah. now, you really, you're really you taking it way too seriously. <laughs> I mean, if if you think things are worse than it was in 1952, then you have to read Phyllis Schafly. You have to see Correct. that it's the same game they've been playing all these years. Even in my father's book, it's the same thing. They haven't changed anything at all. The difference is, is that, there might be a light at the end of the tub tunnel with the internet. We may have an a way that we can piece together a franchise for all humanity with the internet. And and we have an important part of it here with RBN. You, Laura, you James, me, and oh oh, I've got Pat in Texas that's holding too. Pat will be right in here in just a second. But we all have a responsibility not to not to just jump on any kind of accusation or conversation we need to analyze it and take a look at it and see how much of it is really meaningful not necessarily real but how much of this is meaningful in in our lives like the uh like like Laura brings up this this uh, immigration issue is a meaningful issue but they're going to try to shift the issues over to things that are that are too uh, hot button, like uh, the LGBTQ use, whatever, or, or the F- FBI and CIA corruption. Well, Phyllis pointed out that the CIA was corrupt in the fifties and we know sure. that, <laughs> yeah, you know, so nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. This, this group that's, gradualism, our presidents,
2: gradualism. it just gradually, gradually got worse, you know?
0: Well, I think that maybe, I i don't think it's any worse, Laura. I think that things are the same as they've always been. I think that what's happened is, is that we become inflamed about different issues at different times, depending on what bone is thrown out to people. I mean, every time the media throws out a bone of, of contention, everybody argues it left or right. And if you want to turn people against each other, Get them arguing. That's an easy way to, to, to get people to give up on their friends and relatives is get them arguing or feeling negative. In the CIA, down in Gitmo, if they put a detainee into the cell, they isolate them and then they give them one source of information and then that information will be a narrative that you'll be able to be left to right on. And when... The detainees go to stir and they're talking with each other. They argue about which side of this narrative the CIA is feeding them this is This is how they turn people against each other, and this is how they turn us against ourselves too. They throw out these these issues that we all take take a have a problem with i mean immigration we're all this is a country of immigrants. We, we, without a doubt, are a country of immigrants. Even the natives that came here immigrated here at one time, maybe thousands of years ago.
2: Well, my grandparents came here from Slovenia, and they never took a dime of government money until they got Social Security.
0: That was their money.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, Can I ask? Well, they never, what's the name of never, never lo- took a dime. Me. Laura, what's you name of that
1: book? What's the name of that book again, Laura? I missed that. I want to look it up. You mentioned uh, oh. the name of that. It's Charles Sustainable Prince. Okay. Charles
0: the Sustainable Prince. Okay. Okay. I'm going to yeah. jump off.
1: I'll let you. Yeah. Okay. James. I'm going to go
0: now. So we'll talk to you guys later. James, thanks, thanks for thanks. calling. We'll talk to you again bye soon. Now. bye Pat. Bye. Hey. Yeah. Bye. Pat in Pat Texas. Pat, how are you doing? I haven't spoken to you in a while. I hope you're okay. Pat? Pat in Texas, I guess she's dropped. Oh, well. You no. probably
2: didn't want to be on with me. Let's see, I'm pro-Putin, and she's pro-Ukraine. Uh,
0: you know, I don't know why we're pro-any of this, stuff.
2: <laughs> she listens to all the t- TV evangelists.
0: Uh, you know, oh, I've well. spoken with Pat before. Pat makes some very good points, Uh She's a, a staunch Christian, and, uh, I, you know, I think she has something valuable to say, just as we all do. And I'd like to welcome anybody to call and, and make comments about this. But the reason why I brought this up with Phyllis is, is that this is, a, this is a woman that achieved a certain strength just by what she did and how she did it and i'm I admire that so much. I think that we all have the potential to to make some difference to make uh- to, to influence people in their own ways. you know it, just like you do well, I've,
2: I've, I even tried before the internet came in i I had a pirate radio station oh really oh, I? yes, I did, and you know what it's not a bad idea now. People, if they're not. They're in their cars. They could tune into private, this public or, or the private radio station. I had a lot of people listening. My station went all the way to Flint, Michigan. Really? And I had a lot of people.
0: Well, hey, listen, uh, Laura. There's a there's a group of people here in the little town I live in, Colorado, that are putting together a terrestrial broadcast similar to what you're talking about. And uh I'm real curious about that. How did you do that? Did you have a technician or somebody that did it, or yeah, had a, I
2: had people I had people helping me right. I didn't know how to do it myself. and we put up a huge antenna on my house. I'll probably never be able to sell my because who's going to want this huge antenna <laughs> but anyway, yeah, <laughs> but anyway, it worked out great because people could listen on in their cars. And then, right, so, then right. I got then I got a letter from the FCC that they were going to come and arrest my equipment. They weren't going to arrest me; they were going to arrest my equipment.
0: Because why?
2: Because I, I was keeping under the hundred watts, you know.
0: Oh, I, oh, okay. How did they verify that? Because you could reach show. Australia.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I was reaching too far. Some people were turning my station in.
0: How did that end up? Did you? Did they? They shut you down? Well,
2: we were starting to get toward the end when we get the internet was coming in. I thought, well, I might as well, you know, close it down. Yeah, I, I had to use a big dish. I had to use a big dish. That's what I brought the station in. Stations in on the big, big satellite dish. Then coming oh, out I see. through my, yeah.
0: Huh. Well, you know, I, like Mike doing and, it. I think Mike in Kentucky is involved with a terrestrial station, too, and, and they've had problems keeping it on the air. I think a lot yeah. of the issues have to do with the uh, the bandwidth now, and I think a lot of the issues have to do with strength. But, uh, I, you know, I think that uh, anything that you can turn on and listen from the air is is probably worthwhile. The internet sometimes is, can be manipulated, but, but you can't really make people stop tuning in on the AM band for sure. Uh, uh, Laura, hang on for a second. Let's bring in Paul in New York and see what Paul's okay. got on his mind. Paul, are you are you still online? Yeah, I'm here. How are you doing today, Paul? I'm doing uh, well, better than I deserve, really. <laughs> <laughs> Don't.
3: Yeah, and, and the the of power, um, whoops,
0: wow, okay. Wow, the yeah, something's, going on, uh, something's going <laughs> All on, Paul. Something's going on. Sam says that something's going on with your Paul. Try it again, see what's going on. Can you hear me again? Can you hear me now? Uh, hey. Yeah, you're going to have to call back, Paul. Is it going again? Um, Wow. We just, wow, isn't that strange? Uh, We start talking about terrestrial broadcasting and and Internet, and all of a sudden, all the lines go down. There are some technical issues with RBN that we need to start trying to address right now, too. If we can, uh, we are at a stage with RBN and you know that uh you know that that this network uh, lost its, its its leader John Statmiller, and the the three producers uh are struggling to keep this network alive so if we can continue to support this network, we do what we have to do. We send what we need to send. If you can help us, send in a donation to RBN because we really need it. Okay, let's try this call. Mark. Mark in New York. Oh. Oh. Okay. Well, uh, folks, I don't know if you could hear what Sam was telling me, but we have an issue with the phones right now. It's really interesting when we we bring up some uh, really pertinent communications ideas and ways to to relate. We are having an issue with our phones. Hmm. Uh, the technology that uh, that is being used to to create uh, opposition to, to free speech is incredible. And it's, it's not even real people anymore. It can be bots or, or somebody else. Uh, well, let me go back to Phyllis's book here a little bit, because I think it's really uh, important that we can take a look at, at what somebody observed 60 years ago with our political situation, I think it's important that we can look at it and say, well, this is the same condition that exists here today. And after 50 years, if we can, if we can identify that the situation has not changed, then we've got to, to make a change with how we try to address changing it. Changing the situation that has been embedded for thousands of years it's going to have to be an individual thing we can't we can't sit on the radio and give you a roadmap of changing this condition but maybe looking at the condition as being a long-term condition might be helpful you know taft was a uh, was was the favorite Republican candidate. And uh, it says here in Phyllis's book, the, the Kingmaker's propagandist launched a, a potent word missile. I like that. A potent word missile. I like Taft, but Taft can't win. And that's been used for, for more than just the Taft election. All right. Let me um let me bring Paul in New York back and see how we're doing. Paul, are you are you able to get in with us? Yeah, I hope so. Oh, man. I don't know what the problem was. I've never really had a a sound come through my earphones quite like that. But uh, you know, uh Phyllis's book 60 years ago, 50 years ago, outlined a similar condition that exists here in this country today. Uh, why do we continue to fall into this, this, this redundant trap of, of media manipulation? We continue to argue the issues that they give us. Well, that's how
3: you control the public. It's how you control the people, control the information that they're given. I mean, Hitler did it. Mussolini did it. That, that's, their, that's, that's their trump card. You know, not well, to say the T word.
0: Muss, Mussolini was a uh, man. He was pretty heavy handed. He used a lot of the, he used his uh black shirts like uh Biden is using the FBI. He would send right. them in. And uh, he used the, his hit squads the same as the de- Democrats use Antifa now. So mm-hmm. we have a, a similar condition that Italy had with Mussolini. We have a controller, or uh, a, a, I guess you'd call it a uh, a dictator, right? I mean, is, is Biden a dictator, full-flesh? Biden
3: is a puppet. The people behind him are dictators. Well, that's what I
0: meant. That's what I meant. Yeah. The, the control group that runs Biden is a dictatorship, I should say.
3: Yeah. Well, the the difference between now and then is that they've had decades of predictive and programming and conditioning through the television that uh, so as people are so brainwashed and they're they're absolutely so brain dead they are actually dead from the neck up uh, The only thing they do is they they wake up in the morning they're tired they're dead tired, they go to work, they punch in, they sit there in slave conditions all day long, they punch out, they fight gridlock to get back home. They grab something unhealthy out of the refrigerator for dinner. They sit down in front of TV, get their nightly dose of programming, go to bed, and repeat, repeat the situation and do it all over again. They are listening to everything that, that is subconsciously being transmitted into their brains. So the cognitive dissonance is going to be really, really difficult to overcome. And I'm thinking that 80% of the public. of the public is completely self-absorbed, and they are completely narcissistic. They've been conditioned by the uh, bipolar uh, conditioning that we have. There's hot, cold, left, right, Democratic, Democrat, Republican, right, wrong, good versus evil. It's all opposite, and it's all binary opposite, and it's designed to keep people fighting with one another. Absolutely. Uh, And that's what we're dealing with.
0: Well, yeah, but but it, it doesn't matter what we do anymore. It seems like we can point that out, and even the alternative media continues to argue the argue points that are handed down by by mainstream media. I mean, you, if you listen to the main the alternative uh, feeds, they're discussing what uh, what was said on the. On the mainstream media, or, you know, it's it's just a, it's a, it's a, um, what the CIA calls uh, total theater. In other words, what they want us to be talking about comes down through the theater, and when we talk about it between each other, the CIA calls that street theater, because you don't have to watch television to get the meat of whatever they're trying to hand us. Because your neighbor has watched television, and if you want to share an experience with somebody that uh, that that is politically aligned, then the only shared experience people have is that television experience. Exactly.
3: So now, uh, now it's interesting. It's interesting that you mentioned the CIA. It's it's very interesting because in 1981, CIA Director William J. Casey said we'll know our disinformation program is complete when everything the American public believes is false. That was in 1981. So how long had they been doing it before then? We're dealing with decades of programming and decades of disinformation, and we're also dealing with alternative media sources that have been infiltrated and exist purely for... Creating dissension among the patriot community because if we're fighting each other, we cannot be focused on fighting them.
0: Well, CIA has been studying mind control probably prior to the uh, World War II, but it really took off uh, during the Korean War. There's a website that that I recommend that you go to. It's called Mind Justice. Mindjustice.org and they talk about um, uh, a human rights group working for the rights and protections of mental integrity. And I think that's what we're talking about here, because what they're doing is attacking our mental integrity by invading us with this. It It, it is a form of, of mind control with what they're doing. It's, their, their technologies uh, and the weapons, they target the mind and the nervous system. If you'll look at a lot of the things that they say on that website, let me, let me say that again. It's called mindjustice.org. And uh, look on that. There's a lot of different things that, that probably you've not thought of, about, uh, like the ethics. The ethics of building neural weapons has never been discussed in the United Nations, <laughs> I mean, think about this. I mean, they're building neural weapons. They're building microwave neural weapons that can that can put thoughts in your head from a distance. This is this has yep. been proven. These are things Voice that we
3: build technology. Yeah,
0: yeah, you know, and and nobody's talking about uh, these neural ethics or uh, uh, or these these. Uh, ethics of mind control or or mind manipulation. I you know I did some study about how they were uh, controlling and manipulating the uh, 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 the the information or the media, and I I, I put together a list of uh, of the and they call it the uh, the mind control torture situation. They create a situation. That, that manipulates you mentally, and the number one thing they do is is they create a, asymmet- a asymmetry of information and in that asymmetry information they broadcast an anonymous predator or killer that that this is what they do in Guantanamo they they isolate you and they create a left right paradigm because with that left right paradigm. We we betray each other. We argue with each other, and in this paradigm, there's a systemic falsehood. There's deceptions and mock, mock pandemics, and there's there's confinement. They displace. They trap. It's narrowness and destruction. But the number, the number, the most I think the number six and most. Uh, an important part of the CIA mind control element is the unpredictability and circularity of the torture. It has no end. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if you look at what media is doing, all of these points are followed carefully with everything that the media does. And it creates a situation for mind control. And the, the media doesn't have to do it to everybody. They just have to do it enough to to enough people so that when we when we have a shared experience or we talk about it, if we go to the water cooler during break at work People don't discuss that they went out and played baseball with their kids or did something at school the other day. They talk about what they saw on television, whether it's football or politics or, or a movie. It's always the synthetic shared experience. And I think that, that, that what we're doing here right now by discussing this is an exception to that because we're pointing out how we, we've become part of this mind control situation when we discuss Issues that have have been shared only by the media. Anyway, that's just my that's that's my rant for today, Paul. I'm sorry. Next week, I well, promise you, we won't be so serious. We're going to talk about cannabis again.
3: <laughs> well, I think it's a rock solid position. I think it is. I mean, um, in 1954, the uh, Bilderberg Group, during its first known meeting, uh, formulated the silent weapons for quiet wars. And uh, they uh, they issued a forty five page document that uh, detailed and outlined
0: it,
3: uh, where uh, what the silent weapons for quiet was were and it was disinformation it was uh, radio microwave pollution it was uh, uh, dissent among the ranks of the rank and file as it were the useless leaders they call us and <clears throat> this. This was an all-out attack on the not only the American public but the global public in the 50s, and they uh, they funded uh, they funded uh, research projects like Project Monarch and uh, MK Ultra, and they've just been playing so many different sides of the theater that we've been caught in the middle, and. Um, Behold a pale horse by William Cooper. Uh, that was published in 1991. Absolutely amazing book, amazing book, and the movie is great too. If if you have a chance to watch that, it's Behold a Pale Horse by William Cooper. He just lays it all out there. He lays it right on. I, the I
0: think there's. There's a lot of people that are involved in it. You know, uh, I I get confused sometimes about the shows that I've done. I did a show uh, on Revolution Radio about, uh, well, it was a, a gentleman uh, named Alfred McCoy, who's uh, with the University of Wisconsin. And he wrote a book in 2006 called A Question of Torture, CIA Interrogation from the Cold War to the War on Terror. And it's an account of uh, the understanding the CIA's no-touch torture techniques used in the war on terror, and uh, and McCoy shows how they extract information, uh, not by coercion, because the coercive information he said was pretty much worthless. Uh, but he said that no-touch torture was a revolutionary psychological approach. And it's the first new scientific innovation after centuries of torture. And he said that uh, interrogators, interrogators had found that mere physical pain, no matter how extreme, often produced heightened resistance. And, and see, with this no-touch torture, people don't resist it. We become involved in it. We, we are the total theater. We're actors in it. And we're, <laughs> we're, we're targets of it.
3: Right. And, well, I think the thing with no-touch torture is that people don't actually know where the attack is coming from. So when they don't know where the attack is coming from, they either internalize it or they try and rationalize it as being something else or something out of their control. It's like uh, trying to train a cat not to, not to scratch a couch. If you've got a water bottle and the cat can see you, squirt, that one, wa- the cat with the water bottle. The cat just won't scratch the couch when you're there or you have a water bottle in your hand. When you're out the door, the cat's happily merrily shredding your Italian leather sofa. <laughs> and it's the same thing. If we actually knew who the attack, who the attacks were coming from, we would know what to resist and we would know what to rally against. And we would know a way to counteract it or combat it but if we don't know where
0: the attack is coming from that's number two in the mind control situation you have a anonymous predator or killer and if you if you look back a couple years the anonymous killer or predator was covid so, you know, mm-hmm. we've, played into, we've played into our own condition of mind control in quite a ways. Hey, Paul, why don't you hold on? Let's bring in Pat from Texas. I'd like to hear what she's got to say about this show. Pat, are, uh, hopefully our phone lines are resolved. Pat, are you available?
4: Yeah, I just I just uh This time of the day, I'm kind of spacey. So uh, I had other things on my mind. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Cats don't like water.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody likes an anonymous predator. It's, it's scary so, so to cat. think that we don't know. Yeah, well, the cat didn't know where the squirt of water was coming from. <laughs> it was anonymous, just yeah, like I we just didn't know, know about where COVID was coming from.
4: I knew somebody was walking in the well, shower and they'll turn the water on, for me one's bath. But anyway, <laughs> uh, y'all I had, a, about
0: the I had a lady friend that didn't like water either. <laughs> But that's a different
4: um, story. And the number six in a, in a book called God's Arithmetic by Alexander Hislop H-I-S-L-O-P uh-huh. is written in the 1800s as, as about the Bible. And number six is the number of men, so that's why you see that everywhere. Six, six, six. six and the patent uh, uh, or the uh the shot was oh six, oh six, oh six. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, mainly what I, I I look at, and, and uh, uh, people don't like it. They say I preach theology or something, but uh, that's just the way I see everything. That's my point of view, and, and uh, I noticed that Nancy Pelosi, when she went over to Taiwan, she took her son. Well, it turns out he's got some uh he's got uh uh he's he's invested in Chinese uh stock.
0: <laughs> you know, Pat. Well, anyway, we don't know uh, what we don't know. <laughs> and anytime they tell anyway, us some stuff like that, they're just giving yeah. us something to chew on. And I'm sorry. Well, we can't no, we can know. Say
4: this is Phyllis Schlafly, okay? Phyllis, yeah, Phyllis Schlafly's son has a uh Ha- has a website called Conservapedia, and it's you can't get anything more thorough. You cannot do it.
0: What's
4: it called and, again? Uh, uh, Conservapedia. C O N S as in Sam. E R V as in Victor. A P E D I A. D is a dog. Conservapedia, like Wikipedia, but conservative. Oh, okay. And uh, I looked. I went on there for that book because I don't remember that book. But anyway, it's real cheap. You can buy it somewhere for about five dollars paperback. But what I look at is what happens to people when they do what you know, like uh, when Nancy goes over there and 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 uh, uh, first week of August, right? And the, and the lady president of Taiwan welcomes her, you know. And, blah 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 and blah blah uh now they've got a series of earthquakes going on they've had six six earthquakes in the last 18 hours and the one today was 7.2 and it's not just on our usgs it's, it's on another one uh somebody else uh some other place and uh, that's what always happened i mean uh uh i thought about now the bible everybody used to know the lord's prayer we actually said it in school but it, it says uh uh, Yada, uh, it says that surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life so I had a a, a, a rep named Kay Granger where I lived before and uh, everywhere she went and everything bad happened so I, I called her I said well gee you just went in the pentagon before it got hit <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, goodness and mercy I don't see maybe was. but anyway uh I had a call from the uh, uh Capitol Police and she said her name was uh uh lip pay. I thought, That's interesting. <laughs> lip pay. She said, We have information that you've been threatening this uh uh whatever her name is <laughs> I said, No, I just reminded her what the Bible says and uh and he says, Well she says you're not to ever call her again and I said, Say what? She's Laurel So. I called the Capitol, uh, the capital Police uh, Secretary, because I knew her. I'd call, not personally, but I'd call her and tell her things that were going to happen or what I heard, whatever. And, uh, and she said, well, she says you're not in her district. I said, what? She doesn't even know people who are in her district? So I knew about the Capitol Police a long time ago. <laughs> Sergeant Lip. <laughs> you know what happened to them after that? Uh, they got uh uh, uh, they weren't looking when they were uh going through the metal detector and a gun happened to get into the capitol and they had to empty the capitol until they found out it was just a toy they had in there for halloween (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) well i know i i appreciate laura i mean you know she used to give me information from uh, uh michigan because uh that's where a lot of my extended relatives are and uh also uh since she's blind, I don't know how she can uh, remember stuff, but uh I hear you know whatever we don't have if you're blind you 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 hear better and you whatever so yeah
0: no, I, I i think that I think that there are so many good points to be shared by r b n listeners I think they're all valid i I think that everybody that listens to r b n share a common interest in this country and and how we can salvage this we don't spend a lot of time talking about a lot of uh, frivolous yeah. issues uh we well, we we're all trying to figure out exactly how to to make the changes that'll make this country uh like I know, trump awesome. said great awesome. again or or at least make us feel better about our country again. <laughs> Maybe not great, but feel better about it.
4: Well, I'm, I'm really worried about it. I really am. And so I'm telling people, why don't we just go ahead and just do like they did in a wartime when we actually were in World War II, and everybody was uh, joining in the war effort to bring the boys back sooner and, and, and turning their factories into making parts. And it's... Uh, and and also they, they grew uh what they call victory gardens so they wouldn't have to use any food. All the food could be sent to the uh military. I mean I know well, it's a new I, world. It's a war Pat, now.
0: My, um, my theory is is uh try not to assign too much meaning to things that happen because when we assign meaning to things that we don't understand then we kind of limit the possibilities of of how that might manifest in our lives uh, you know uh, well, I, some I, of, I don't
4: want i, I don't well, want to go off the deep end but then well uh, to, the bible see the worse it is the sooner the longer god's going to give us to prepare or repent. <laughs> That's a good word. Prepare well, or repent.
0: know, uh, if you, know, like, if you uh, believe the no. Bible, then you would have to assume, you know, there was a lot of a lot of people that that followed uh, the Word of God didn't see a real great improvement in their lives. They did it because they they did, or what happened to them sometimes was the worst thing that could have happened to them, but it turns yeah. out to be the best things that happen. So really? if I assign meaning to to something that's been terrible or a terrible infringement on this country, it might be the best thing that ever happened to this country because it might wake up yeah. enough people that we can make enough changes that we can begin to control our lives instead of right. being controlled. I
4: mean, there's been one scripture in there I've never really liked, it says all things work together. All things <laughs> work together we for don't the good know. of <laughs> I love the You're Lord right. and according to his purpose. That all things that's hard to swallow.
0: All things, yeah. All things work together. The sometimes the worst things that happen are the best. But the, you've got to remember, we don't know what we don't know. And you know, if, if we knew what God knew, it might make a lot more sense. But uh, we don't have any business assigning meaning to things that happen. Sometimes they happen, and and if we don't feel good about it, then we need to understand why we don't feel good about it. And if we can make changes, because in the Bible it also... You can't go by feelings. Because my heart is well, deceitful. I don't know, Bible. man. I think, I think your gut talks to you a lot better mm. than your brain sometimes. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, why don't you hang on? Let's bring in Misty from Kansas <laughs> and see what Misty's been thinking about with this. But Paul, you're are you still there too? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, we will jump in anytime you feel like it, but let's, let's bring in Misty because sometimes these round tables are revealing in a lot of different ways. Misty, I hope you're still there. Oh, Misty dropped. How about Murr? Oh boy, Murr. Murr, come on board. <laughs> let's see what Murr's got to say hi, about
5: this. Hi, Fred. I'm here. Hi, Murr. <laughs> hi. hi Mur. well, you know what? I I keep forgetting what um, your father's name and your father's name of the book, I know it's not available, but I just wanted to write it down.
0: Well, the name of the book was called The Rise and Fall of the United States. Rise and Fall
5: and, of the United and, States. And,
0: and this book is listed in the uh, Congressional Library, but there is no copy of it in the, in, the, in the Congressional Library. But what it was, what it was, was a um, a he had created, with two or three other gentlemen, uh, it was supposed to have been a, uh, a monthly or bimonthly publication that listed a lot of information about what was going on in our government. And they, what they wanted to create was a, uh, a, the name of it was called the National Voters Quorum. And uh, it was going to be the nation's largest People's lobby in our nation. Now, I I don't get why the citizens of a nation need to lobby our government. That's that's the only question I had about the book. But it was a compilation of thirty-seven different authors. Uh, one of the probably most prominent authors was uh, Gerald L. K. Smith. And uh,
5: oh, okay. You know what uh, if I can interrupt here just a second it reminded me of uh, when you were reading uh, from him and uh, and it also reminds me of uh Ford Henry Ford where if you look in there you know how they always say oh well he he apologized for writing the uh, international Jew the world's greatest problem the world's foremost problem I think I how I worded it
0: oh uh, right? they actually in in well that's that's they say that a lot in the book, but I think the book primarily referred to international bankers.
5: Well, they are Jews. I'm just saying, this is what. We're
0: <laughs> I can't it. argue that.
5: All right. I'm just saying, when you but say
0: Jews, you include a lot of people who are a lot like Christians.
5: Well, you know what? I'm, I'm a little tired of the way people jump on Hitler in Germany. They were the happiest people under him anywhere. The information that got destroyed was communism and pornography and all that kind of filth that they come from from why America. Why Mar America? Why Republic. We're in why America. but what I wanted to say about Gerald K. Smith, and, and I'll send these links to you. He was the one that was visiting Ford when he told him that he didn't apologize and he'd like to keep printing the book. That they, right, Gerald uh,
0: L. K. Smith's. Uh... In his speeches and in his writings, used Ford's translations of the uh, protocols, protocols of Zion.
5: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Protocols of the as Elders. Yeah. That's what he really brought forward. Uh, Ford did. But, but what he uh, um, said, you know, uh, Smith said, well, he couldn't hardly believe it. But what happened was that uh, this guy Harry Bennett moved, kind of muscled his way into the Ford Foundation and messed things up, and took over. Oh, and he forged Ford's name.
0: Who was Harry Bennett?
5: Uh, he he was he worked at the Ford uh, Foundation, and he was he was an infiltrator basically, and you know, not not a good guy. But he was the one that went to the lawyer, the Jewish lawyer, <laughs> and forged Ford's name. And so then it was all over the media, and there's no taking it back. And people still think that's true, you know. But it wasn't. He never apologized. And
4: well, he shouldn't. I I I've learned something about that lately lately, Mark. And What's what that? it is on the Ford Foundation, there's there is no 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 Ford family member on there at all. Oh, exactly. So, That's what they do. <laughs> they come in and they take over and keep the name, so it dirties the name.
5: I'll
4: tell you who is still on there. Uh, tell me. Uh, the daughter of Ann uh, Richards, who was the governor lesbian of uh texas here who's in charge of uh, in parenthood so it's gone pretty bad
0: dan oh, yeah. richards daughter
4: <laughs> yeah her na- no yeah. way yes yeah, she is and she was here touting for uh the uh gay gay promoter that wants to be governor and i guess everybody calls rbn people on rbn people in texas want to get rid of that governor so i guess they really want the gay guy I mean, uh, I can't say it's gay, but he says things like, Well, didn't everybody wear a dress in the nineties? And uh oh, let's, I don't say, let's want talk to about me. this word gay just
5: for a just for a minute. Let's talk about yeah, this. Yeah, you know, today.
0: wait a second, Murray. Wait a second, Murray. I want to read this real quick. Cecily Richards. Cecily Richards is an American a- activist who served as president of the Planned Parenthood Federation of America and president of the Planned Parenthood Action Fund from 2006. Richards uh, was elected to the Ford Foundation Board of Trustees in 2019. Richards co founded. Supermajority, a women's political action group. Hmm. You're right. Yeah.
4: How about and, that, uh, <laughs> And she was uh, just recently down here promoting, uh, that, oh, the fake Irish guy who paints his face brown, but he forgets his lily-white hands. 100% <laughs> Irish. And it speaks Spanish. Well, you know, that's what we all... Oh, you're thinking so. of
0: uh, uh, Bubba, or no... Uh,
4: Beto. Yeah, Beth, well, they say Beto in Spanish. <laughs> uh, Roberto. Beto. Isn't it Roberto? Hey, listen. Listen <laughs> a minute. Robert, Robert Francis, uh, whatever his last name is. <laughs> <You wanna laughs> say yeah, he, I mean, uh, I don't know if we're going to be O'Rourke? able to keep Isn't he in an O'Rourke, like a stew? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys take over because
5: I'm going to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, the, the word gay, though, this just annoys the heck out of me because it makes something normal that is so abnormal and it's sickening and it's horrible for every creature having to participate. And it used to be in the DSM as a mental illness. No one ever says what that mental illness was. You know what it was? Mm-hmm. It, was, called, it, was moral, it was called
4: GLP. Their-
5: mm-hmm. It was called hey, moral. It was called moral. It was called moral. Moral Moral insanity.
0: insanity?
5: Yeah, so why don't we start calling it that again, okay?
4: See how that goes. I'm I'm for you. What I wanted to say, I don't think I've told anybody. As the Texas GOP uh, down there, I think it was in San Antonio, uh, where they had their meeting this year for uh, their platform, and they said twice that LGBT or gay is is a mental illness. It is. Yeah.
0: I think you're right. right. (laughs) I think you're right.
5: It's a spiritual and physical illness, too. It starts with the spirit. And most often it comes from childhood trauma, but it can be other things. Well, it's, uh,
4: there's, it's unhealthy. Yeah, I looked up something on Conservopedia, uh, and, and it was called uh, It Gets Better, because my city council person started that all over the world. He ruined the world. He's still hiding and trying to do it, too. Uh, I'll probably have my house take it away again. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, well, that's the way it goes, you know. <laughs> well, I've
0: had but, my house
4: taken away, too. But no I'm a, a, a poquito <laughs> Espanol, that's their problem. You know, it's a lot of that around here, so they don't know. So well, maybe I'll hold on to it. But anyway, uh, uh, I forgot what I was
0: going to say. Mur, what were you going to say? Well,
5: I was going to say that one of the Ter- most terrible problems, and, and it really comes from accepting all kind of immoral behavior, moral insanity, is what they do huh. to children now. And it, some of these mm-hmm. uh, Jewish, okay, and satanic, but Jewish have even claimed this is a ritual, it is a religious right. Abortion is a religious right. Can you believe it? Yeah, and um, they, they they do satanic sacrifice. I have a thing from uh, Chicago back in the I'm not sure if it's the twenties or thirties, but 150,000 Jews and they sacrifice a baby to Moloch. And I'll send that well, to you, Fred. They're, they're in trouble uh, right yeah, you've now.
3: Got
4: my email. Yep, they're in trouble and oh. terrible.
0: I Crazy. think we cut cut off there. <laughs> I think we've only got about another minute or two minutes left. Does anybody have any last minute thing they want to mention? Yeah, I just want to tell you thank you, Fred. I uh, just tell uh, you thank you. Paul. And I'll
5: send you that information and we'll look into Harry Bennett.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, I think so. I think Harry Bennett needs to be explored a little bit. I think so. I'd like to I'd like to know more about him myself. Mm-hmm. Paul, what, what's your last thought today? Well, I'd like to grab uh grab a little bit
3: of the pre- the preface from uh the Quiet Weapons or Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars PDF that you can find on lawfulpath dot com. And uh Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars, an introduction programming manual, was uncovered quite by accident in July seventh, nineteen eighty six, when an employee of Boeing Aircraft Company purchased a surplus IPM copier for scrap parts at a sale and discovered inside Details of a plan hatched in the embryonic days of the Cold War. It called for the control of the masses through manipulation of industry, people's pastimes, education, political leanings. It called for a quiet revolution, putting brother against brother, brother and diverting the public's attention from what's yes. really going on.
0: Welcome I have that all PDF. Right. turn I each have other that PDF. against each other. That's the way. Uh, thanks for th- all the callers. They're so wonderful. RBN listeners are the great, the greatest, and, and I appreciate uh, being able to talk to you guys. This is Captain Fred for RBN for the Fifth Dimension. Thank you, and see you next week.
3: Back on
6: Hey, gang, Patrick Slattery here with an important message that is pertinent to anyone who shops for groceries, eats food, or just has an inquisitive mind like myself. What I'm about to introduce you to is a segment of our food culture that has been kept so low profile to the American public that virtually no one is aware of how dominant it is on our refrigerator and cupboard shelves. What I'm talking about is the kosher certification industry and a new app, Koshertified. It delivers a comprehensive education on all aspects regarding this little-known practice. After reviewing this app, I found that it is useful for practically anyone who purchases food, regardless of their religious faith or identity. Its database of products not kosher certified is a win-win convenience for all food-conscious people. So why not check out the kosherquestion.com or click on the link at nationalbugle.com and see how modifying your grocery shopping with the kosher-certified app can make a huge difference for your future
1: you're listening to republic broadcasting network because you can handle the truth truth truth